he is about to have his own body broken, his own blood poured out so that we can be friends with God, forgiven forever. And so this morning, I want to think about this meal in two ways. The first way, as an act of remembrance, as Jesus says. Remembering Jesus' death, and therefore remembering that we are loved. And then secondly, recognizing Jesus' body. That actually each and every one of us are part of God's people. We are family here this morning. Remember you are loved, and remember we are family. And so think about this occasion. Think about the words Jesus said. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Jesus was saying these words. On the night when he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body that is for you. If you're a parent this morning, or a younger parent, you'll know how many things at the moment you are doing for your children. If you have been a parent and remember those early days, you'll know how much you did for them. You'll know how much you still do for them. Again and again and again, you do things for them. But here is Jesus, the night before he will go to his own death, saying, here is my body, broken for you. It's the heart of our faith. It's the heart of our act of worship when we come on the third Sunday of the month. It's the heart of our God that he was broken for you. He couldn't give any more than he gave. He couldn't sacrifice any more than he had because he gave himself for you. When Roland presides later, he will break the bread as a sign of the broken body for you and for me. And then there is the blood, verse 25 in 1 Corinthians 11. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus says there's a new covenant, a new agreement between God and humanity. That we relate to God now, not on our own life, on our own performance, on what we think of ourselves, on what we do, or on what other people say about who we are, and what they say we do. We relate to God. You relate to God this morning on the basis of who Jesus is, and what Jesus has done. Someone has said that the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, Holy Communion is a celebration of love. It symbolizes love and it speaks of love. I'm sure, like me, you sometimes doubt God's love for you. You sometimes doubt if it's really for you. Yes, for the other people here, but is it for you? You can doubt, knowing the life you live, whether this is really for you whether God really loves you, whether he is really willing to have broken his own life for you. Someone was very honest this week in a conversation in a group setting and they said, actually, for years they have been haunted by sins. They've been a Christian for decades, but they know that sense of being haunted by things they've done, still cropping up in their minds, still 
having to think again about it because it comes into their head. And Jesus says, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember Jesus' death. Remember you are loved. And this meal, this remembering, is meant to form our identity. I don't know how good your memory is of meals you've enjoyed over the years, what you'd rank as some of your best meals of all time, where you were, who you were with, what you ate. One of mine has to be our wedding day. Roast gammon, slow-cooked, hummus, olive oil, fresh bread, grilled vegetables. A time with others, a time with friends, a time with my new wife. An amazing feast. This is the meal that we are to remember for all time. And Jesus probably tells us to remember it because he knows we're prone to forget. It's easy to begin to think we associate and come before God based on what we do. And Jesus says, no, no, no. My body is broken for you here this morning. My blood is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Someone has said, it's the author Julian Barnes in his book about life and death and philosophy and faith. He says, memory is identity. What you remember defines who you are. What you remember defines who you are. And Jesus says, remember me. As we take bread and wine later, we are taking from what is Jesus's and making it our own. Remember me. And we are saying, yes, I have a share in Jesus. Yes, I have a bond with Jesus. Yes, I have a communion, a union, a uniting with Jesus. What he did, he did for you. So remember Jesus' death, we are loved. And so what this means very practically is, this meal is for each and every one of us who knows we need to be forgiven. The blood of Jesus, forgiving us. It's for each and every one of us who knows we are empty, hungry and helpless. It's for every one of us who needs strengthening and nourishing and feeding for the life of faith in the week to come. Is for every one of us who wants to know more that we are loved, that we are forgiven, and that we are God's people. So first of all, remember Jesus' death. That's what we do. That's why we gather. But secondly, remember Jesus' body. We are family. Have a look round at each other for a moment. It's awkward exchanging eye contact, but look around. Remember Jesus' body. We are family. I could start singing that old song, We Are Family, but I won't. But it's true, and this meal, it doesn't just speak of Jesus' body broken for us. It speaks of the new body he has formed. That first meal, that first Passover, that last supper, up in the upper room, 12 disciples, the new Israel, the new family of God. The Passover was always celebrated in people's homes the new family of God. We are the family of God. And so remember Jesus' body, we are family. And it seems in Corinth, some of them had begun to forget this. You hear the reading, what's going on, some of them are getting to the house where they'll meet, 
and they're drunk. Some of them come hungry. I've only been here six months, but I'm not sure many of us come to church drunk or hungry in all saints. But basically, they were coming and they weren't recognizing the Lord's body. They weren't recognizing each other. Jesus says, this meal that we celebrate, we remember Jesus' body. We remember that we are family. As you come up, there is someone next to you on one side. There is someone on the other side. As you go back to your seat, you see others come. As we sit and stand around this table, you see one another. It might just be a quirk of mine, but I think it's strange that the only meal that we ever eat with our eyes closed is the Lord's Supper. It's a shared meal. It's a communion. It's a feast together. And this meal declares that we are one. Wherever we've come from, whatever we've done, whatever our social status, whatever our career category at the moment, young or old, Rosie and the children, the next four weeks, they're doing the same teaching as us. So when the children come back, they will have been thinking about the same thing. They will be receiving the same bread and wine. We are family. And so that's what we remember. Familiar words that we'll say in the liturgy, though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. And we come to the table, we come round here as equals. Whether it's Mark, the vicar, coming to receive bread or wine, whether it's someone this morning who's never come to church this morning, we come as equals. Equally in need of grace, equally in need of God, equally in need of his healing and his forgiveness, equally in need of his strengthening and nourishment for the week ahead. St. Augustine said, believe what you see, see what you believe, and become what you are, the body of Christ. This is what we are. And this meal, more than any other meal or any other act in your life and in your week and in your month and your year, this meal tells you who you are. And this meal tells us who our God is. Remember Jesus' death. You are loved. Remember Jesus' body. We are family. And so this day, come. Come to this table. Not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because of any goodness of our own, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ. And let me say as I finish, this expression in Acts 2.42, breaking of bread, scholars debate, is it only about communion, Lord's Supper, Eucharist, or is it about meals together in each other's homes? Because for the first followers of Jesus, they'd have been one and the same thing. They're in people's homes. And so as we think about being God's family, as we think about sharing this meal, let me invite you to think in this next term, up to Easter, who could you invite round? Look around again at this wonderful family you're a part of. Who could you invite round that you know already to share a meal? Who could you invite round that you don't know already? I've got this vision of actually the families before the 11 o'clock going to each other's houses for brunch. You're all up already. The kids are already going crazy. Why not pile in together? 
Have a look round one more time. Who would you like to invite to share time in your home in this next term? Have a look round. Who might it be? Someone you know? Someone you don't know? Let's pray together. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus Christ, we are amazed that you would have your own body broken for us. That we would become your body. That your own blood would be shed for us. That we would be your people. Take this most extraordinary of meals and make it ever more real to us. That you would Dwell in us and we in you. In Jesus' name, amen.